It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Cardinals, part of your Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. We are live on Twitter right now. Follow him at Bob Brack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Coming up in the next segment, Cameron Cox from Channel 12 News here. Tegna sponsor, Locked On Podcast Network. Tegna now one in the same. Uh, really happy to get Cam Cox on to talk about the Cardinals, J.J. Watt, etc. We're going to focus today on what Steve Kimes said in his press conference with the media yesterday. There's a lot to unpack. We haven't heard from Stevie Baby in a long time. I kind of forgot what his voice was like. I forgot how long the beard was, and he had changed it. Because remember a couple of years ago, I don't know if it was 2018, where he was off the face of the earth, and then we saw him in the middle of a game, and he had like this mountain man hibernation beard. Do you remember that? So it's, it's a little different now. Uh, but it, he had a lot to say, and uh, we're going to unpack it. Let's let's start right away here, Bo. Um there are a lot of things that Steve Kimes said that kind of made you scratch your head a little bit, and it's it's not so much that they're out of the realm of possibility, but it's more like, can he pull all this off? Like, yeah, J.J. Watt's great. Two-year 31, 23 guaranteed. It checked the box. It checked multiple boxes when it comes to locker room presences, etc. But paraphrasing... He said, first of all, the Cardinals aren't done in free agency, which, you know, I believe it's pretty much an obvious statement. But number two, he still thinks that they can bring some of the guys back that are on the current roster. And we thought initially, J.J. Watt's here. That means Hassan Reddick is most uh, most likely gone. That means, you know, Patrick Peterson is not going to be with the team next year. But he's making it seem like all of this is possible. And yeah, he's closer to the situation than us, but do you think that... He- that all of this can work, all these moving pieces can all end with all of these guys being on the Cardinals roster next year? Yeah, I think that the Arizona Cardinals obviously know their financials better than anybody. I mean, you can look up spot track, you can go to overthecap.com, but you're really not going to know the full picture. And it just seems like this day and age in the NFL that if you have, if you're close to that cap number or you're in, you know, you're not uh, a team that's going to be in debt as far as the cap's concerned that you can pretty much do anything. Like you can make anything work outside of trying to make a stark caliber quarterback contract work. Like that seems like to be the one number that is out of the realm of possibility of making it work when you've got those big guaranteed dollars hitting your cap, especially like right away. So I think that, uh, no, I I believe Steve Kime. I don't think that he's just blown smoke uh, just to do it. The, the Arizona Cardinals, they they have – every NFL organization has cap experts, so they have the ability to kind of move money around and shift it around. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that he's blown smoke there. I mean, I think that there are times that Steve Keim 
is overzealous in some of the his quotes, but I, I, I trust him when he says that. And it's it's uh it's exciting. It's exciting to think that they do have and they're in they're just they believe that they can bring back whether it's Hassan Reddick, Patrick Peterson, you know, they've got close to thirty free agents that uh they are confident that they could bring back and put back on this roster. That's exciting to have that continuity and then add on top of that. That's you know, that that's gotta excite Cardinals fans out there yeah. because of what they already have in place. Yeah, for sure. But the thing is that I'm that I'm worried about regarding this is the balance that, that he's gonna have with maybe erring on the side of the players they already have instead of being more aggressive in free agency. Where yes, Patrick Peterson, if he wants to come back on a team friendly your deal, sure, you wanna have him wearing twenty one for the Cardinals for the twenty twenty one season. But what I hope he veers from, which is what Steve Kime has done, is overpaying guys that are already on the roster. Now we Teron Matthew was the what was the uh, the smoking gun. He was he was uh, uh, patient zero, at least over the last few years, where they overpaid him, wanted him to restructure. He didn't. They let him go, and now he's a Super Bowl champion. But they can't value Hassan Reddick and Patrick Peterson higher than free agents on the open market. And obviously, it's a fluid spectrum where it depends on the talent level that's going to be out there. But by all accounts, there are going to be big-time names on the market this year. And I think you need to outsource you need to focus on outsourcing more than bringing back retaining the talent you already have on the roster, in my opinion at least. And I understand that these guys know the, the Vance Joseph defensive system better, but when you have a 31-year-old corner who's regressed, when you have a guy who had an all-star year but was pretty, should have been cut probably the last two years before before the season started, it just makes me pause and think maybe they're not the guys for this roster come the 2021 season. Again, obviously, barring, you know, whoever's going to be on the open market, but Hassan Reddick, like, I don't think they need to hold a lot of weight in him and Patrick Peterson if it means you're not going to be able to bring in stud free agents. Yeah, I think Reddick, it just gets tougher because he doesn't have, in his mind, his legacy on the line here. Like, Patrick Peterson, I think that comes into play. Where Hassan Reddick, I mean, he's had one good season. He could be a guy that the Jacksonville Jaguars identify or, you know, some of these teams that have a lot more cap space than the Arizona Cardinals can overspend for. Where Patrick Peterson might pause. He might say, hey, well, I, I don't want to go to that situation. They're not even close. Um, and, and I'm willing to take, you know, a 2021 team-friendly deal maybe with the, you know, the caveat that this team could pay him after this season, one at least one more year. We'll see. I just think that Larry Fitzgerald, Patrick Peterson, man, have things kind of swayed to where the, the ball is now in their court. Like, they have to make a decision on what's important to them. If I'm Larry Fitzgerald, in, in you know, the, the two decades that he's basically been in this league and the losing that he's endured, wouldn't you want to be a part of this this roster like even like he last year he said he was excited about what Kyler was able to do in his rookie season he wanted to come back and see it through now that you add it you know the Houston equivalent of Larry Fitzgerald and J.J. Watt doesn't he want to be a part of something special where there's just this group of guys that are on and off the field impact makers doesn't he want you know to be part of something like that I, I would think so and I don't think he he obviously can't command the annual eleven million plus dollar deal, but why not just come back and just be a part of this? Yeah, I mean, and I can't help but think in the back of my mind because it's been a couple days now, 
Um, is J.J. Watt going to make this team a real contender? I mean, it's a question you have to ask. Like, yes, J.J. Watt is – what he'll do for the, for the culture of this organization is, you know, invaluable. But until you play the games, you don't really know. You don't really know what he has in the tank, even though uh, he's hell-bent on the fact that he's got a lot left, which, you know, I believe. But, Bo, like, this is this is not a team-altering, we're going to add five wins because they added this player move. And I understand that the legacy of J.J. Watt leading up to now, the the respect everybody has is something the Cardinals haven't really had on their roster as much as other teams may have, like the Blue Bloods of the NFL. But you have to ask, when you're going through this whole process, and I'm sure Patrick Peterson and Larry Fitzgerald have asked themselves this, is that enough to make me want to come back for different reasons. One, for Patrick Peterson to take a pay cut and Larry Fitzgerald to want to come back and play football again. Is it enough or is that to be determined because this is just the first move of potentially many this offseason? You don't know this, but I was trying to help you out yesterday in finding the Chris Berman J.J. Watt. I, I can't find it. Like, Sound I can't I was, find so it. I, I watched a ton of the Texans highlights yeah, yesterday too. from 2020. Yeah. And J.J. Watt, he might have had his sack numbers down, but when you even just watch the highlights, he's facing double, triple teams, and he is just pushing, relentlessly pushing around offensive linemen. And, like, the Texans had nobody outside of J.J. Watt. Like, they really didn't. Uh, So to think of not only are you adding J.J. Watt to a team that finished 8-8, you're also adding Chandler Jones, who only played five games last year, basically four and a half. That's scary. Like to think of that they like you talk about who are they going to double? Like Jordan Phillips tweeted it out the Cardinals defensive line like LOL who are they going to double now? It's like that that is an absolute that that's the golden question right there. Like the Arizona Cardinals if JJ Watt and Chandler Jones can stay healthy and be on the field and JJ Watt was on the field for over a thousand snaps last year, it's going to be an absolute issue for opposing offenses. They they, they just are. They just wreak that much havoc on each and every snap that where you don't get that consistent play from, you know, your average players, your, your, uh, your, your war players, your wins above replacement guys. It just begs the question, does that mean that for these two years, you need to load up on defensive talent? Because if that's the case, if they're not going to be able to double and those two guys are going to be the bookends of the pass rush and you could bring in some freak linebackers and just double down, like, yeah. is that going to be the calling card? Are we going to go back to Todd Bowles' blitz all night? If so, you're going to need to have – like, if if that's the if that's what you're going to have to do, and I believe Vance Joseph was second in blitz percentage last year behind Todd Bowles. I believe that's true. If you're going to do this, you need to make that the absolute fear of opposing yeah. teams when they play the Cardinals. Like, you can't just do this, oh, J.J. Watt's enough. Maybe they'll bring in one in free agency who was cut, like a Quan Alexander or somebody like that that's now a journeyman or something. You need to make that the absolute focal point and hope that you can fill in other spots. But that would be an absolute that would make other teams fear you. Because, again, aside from DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, there's no fear from this team. Well, it means one of two things, right? One is... This is your answer to the Rams acquiring Matthew Stafford, more of a statuesque quarterback. They, I don't know if they're going to be able to improve their offensive line. I don't think he, you know, Matthew Stafford's as mobile as Jared Goff. So 
we were asking earlier in the offseason, like, how do you answer? How do you keep up with the Joneses in, in the NFC West? Are you a team that's going to, you know, try to answer them and, and go shot for shot on, on offense? Or do you have a contrasting style where you're going to be a defensive first team and it looks like they're going to go with the defensive side of the football? Seattle's offensive line, putrid. Yep. Russell Wilson's rum making all this, you know, wanting to get out of Seattle unless they improve that group. You've got Matthew Stafford now there. You've got Jimmy G there who can't throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. You know, this is this is the answer. And then the other side of it, the second part is, with that, when you're going to emphasize defense and you're pretty much maybe outside of adding a rookie here and a role player there on offense to a not a big contract, you know, the Marvin Joneses of the world or even maybe a lesser player than that, the there's going to be pressure on Cliff Kingsbury as a guy who's going to have to scheme offensively better than he has in his first two years, and the pressure is going to be on Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins to play like the stars we think they are. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you bring that up because Steve Kime was asked about the young wide receiving core ahead of the 2021 NFL draft. I haven't heard this guy sound this excited in a long time. So what does that mean for the future of this team regarding the draft specifically? Does it still matter on free agency and who they retain from the impending free agents that are currently on the Arizona Cardinals roster? We'll talk about that next and more with Cameron Cox from NBC12, the Emmy-winning sports anchor from Tegna's NBC12, next on Locked on Cardinals. But first, betonline.ag. It's got everything you need. Sports, March Madness, I'm stoked. I'm so pumped for March Madness. I'm watching college basketball. I still have no idea what's going to happen. Like, I might pick by color uh, my March Madness bracket, but at betonline.ag, they have March Madness brackets you could sign up for. Go there. Uh, you get a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. Like, seriously, it, it's so easy to maneuver around, so easy to navigate. Some of the best, pay- fastest payouts in the business. Betonline.ag, your sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Coming back here, Locked On Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Waiting on Cameron Cox is going to join us momentarily from NBC12 here in Phoenix. Steve Kime, though, let me just play this clip, Bo, because what we just did for the first thing was talk about how the defense, obviously with J.J. Watt, has been bolstered, Hassan Reddick, Patrick Peterson, question marks surrounding what what their status is with the Arizona Cardinals. Does it beg the question, do they just go full bore on defense? Because you have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins as a baseline on the offensive side, and you have probably a B-minus offensive line as currently constructed, expecting that they're going to bring back Kelvin Beachum if it's a team-friendly deal. And Kelvin Beachum probably isn't a well-known name around the NFL. This is more of a locked-on Cardinals thing than locked-on NFL, but he was a vision last year for the majority of, of the season. So if you could bring him back on a team-friendly deal, your offensive line's fine. 
You have Chase Edmonds. There's obviously holes to fill. But if you can really strengthen that defense, that could be the calling card. And usually teams win when your defense is your calling card. Now, Steve Kime was asked by our friend Josh Weinfuss, who's going to join us tomorrow from ESPN, Arizona Cardinals writer. He was asked about what he thought about the current crop of uh, wide receivers coming into the 2021 draft. And this is what Stevie Baby had to say. Really excited. I just got a chance to watch a number of them. I've been in uh, uh, Zoom meetings for the past couple days, uh, basically replicating the uh, interviews that we have in Indy, except they're, they're obviously virtual. And we've talked to a number of those receivers and really excited. I mean, there's guys that are, you know, bigger outside receivers. You have some quick slots. You have some guys who can do it all. Um, certainly exciting to see some of the, like, probably the top four or five receivers um, are really, to me, game changers. Okay. So we're five receivers. That's a lot, Steve. So it goes deeper than that. Okay. I think, I think but, they're like seven impactful wide receivers. Sure. But it's 16 overall. Again, depending on what they're going to do in the offseason, it's something like it's it's just something to keep your finger on the pulse because of what we've talked about. Welcoming Cameron Cox here from NBC 12, Emmy Award winning sports anchor from Tegna, Tegna Locked On Podcast Network, and now family. Welcome to Locked On Cardinals, man. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So we're going deep into what Steve Kime spoke with the media about, talked about yesterday. We talked about just well, did you buy it? Did you buy what he really said? I thought there was a lot of, you know, I, I've given Steve Kyle a lot of crap over the years about some of these meetings he's had with us in like January, February, March. You just you just try and read between the lines. <laughs> so what what our initial takeaway and and tell tell us if you agree here. Uh, number one was he thinks he's going to be able to do everything, retain current impending free agents, go out and sign high impact free agents. Uh, that's kind of a question mark. I'm not really sure if he has the acumen to do it. But number two, the big quote that we just played after Josh Weinfuss asked about the wide receiving core um, coming into the 2021 draft, I haven't seen that dude that happy in a while. So does that beg the question that number 16 overall, if Jalen Waddle's there, you can just pencil it in? I doubt it. I doubt it. When you have two young wide receivers, and I hate to, br- I hate to bring these names up because it seems like we keep waiting on them to come around and Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson. I doubt they draft a wide receiver there. I, I think there's some other needs they need to go first. Um, I'm still hoping they, they can find some other quality wide receivers. If not, go out and sign another big name and just forget about Pat P uh, and find DeAndre Hopkins, a tag team partner in free agency. Uh, he would be a good name to have there. I'm not going to argue with that. Like I'm, I'm not the biggest fan in on mock drafts early on. Like I just want them to take good football players and I want them to take players that can impact right away. I'm tired of guys sitting for a year and just not contributing and seeing across the league, other first round draft picks, making an impact and our guys are slowly coming along. Nothing against them. They're good guys. I think Isaiah Simmons is going to be a great player for him. Uh, I just want them to take a good football player there because that's what they need. They either need an offensive lineman who's going to slide in somewhere because I think they're going to make a move on the old line here coming up. I think they need a running back at some point. I don't think Chase Edmonds is that down in and down in right. back. Or, or they could use a wide receiver or they could maybe get another cornerback. So um, I just want them to take a good football player there. But when, when Khan talked about those wide receivers, yeah, I think it's a good wide receiver class. I don't think you can go wrong with some of those names up there in that first round. Uh, but I also think there's some wide receivers out there um, that the Cardinals could start looking at. So um, I don't know if drafting a wide receiver that high when you could find a running back for a good price, a lot of good running backs out there. You could keep around under a small contract for a while, an offensive lineman that could be around there for a while. 
Um, I, I just think there's some other needs you could find in the draft, and then you could find a free agency to balance that. The one thing I would think about, just just the idea of him drafting a wide receiver at 16, Cam, is he hasn't had success identifying wide receivers later in the draft. Like, he's 0 for 4 as of right now. I mean, I like, I really like what we've seen from Christian Kirk, at least in years one and two. And then I think he maybe took a step back at the end of last season. But I, I don't know. Do you have confidence in Steve Kimes' ability to scout the position? My confidence, I, I go back and forth with my confidence in Steve Kimes in drafts, okay? <laughs> because to me, the single greatest thing he's ever done is trade away Josh Rosen and select Kyler Murray. Like, that takes some cojones, guys. Like, period. I, I don't right. care who you are. Like, to go to get rid of a quarterback after one year and then like say, hey, we're just gonna start over and do it again. Like, I don't know how many GMs can pull that off one or would like to pull that off two. So I give him a lot of credit for that. But everybody knows his draft record. I think all Cardinal fans and and us, we just kind of like we worry about like what Steve Kime is going to do in the draft because we don't know how long those players are gonna stick around if they can develop that talent. Um, his track record's not good in the draft, especially when it comes to to drafting wide receivers, especially lately. Uh, Christian Kirk, I think, is going to be a good player for them for a while. Uh, you know, Akeem Butler's not even with the team anymore. Keyshawn Johnson has struggled to see the field at times, struggled catching the ball, struggled with his speed. Andy Isabella has – we've seen flashes from him, but he's not a guy you can constantly incorporate with this offense and, and go to on things. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely concerned about their ability to pinpoint wide receivers later in the draft. Um, that's why I think it's it's not a bad idea to target some – uh, maybe a free agency, find you some guys that, that can have some speed and can contribute right away, uh, some veteran guys. Because I, I will say this as a former wide receiver myself, no matter where you go, when you step up a level, like I was not a very good wide receiver. I, I played college ball. I was, I was decent. But like when I got to college, like I thought I was going to be okay. And then it was like, oh, my gosh, all these guys are so much better than me. So like I don't care where you are, what level you played at. Like when you step up, I mean, guys will tell you it's it's a whole different game. And it takes, I think, wide receivers personally a little bit of time to adjust. I mean, sure, not those top ten, five guys that you see going, you know, one, two, five, six in the first round. But I think guys later in the draft, it, it takes them some time to develop and get used to playing against guys that are better and better than them day in and day out. Yeah, and Cam Cox, Channel 12 from Phoenix here joining us. Uh, Bo Brock and Alex Clancy. Follow him at Bob Rack. Follow Cameron at Cam Cox 12, right? I hit that? Yep. Okay, yeah, and follow me at Clancy's right. Corner. Right on the money, man. Um, so <laughs> whenever you, whenever people bring up, and I, I agree with you, they, the Josh Rosen for a second rounder, Kyler Murray flip, he would have gotten down. He would have gone down in GM NFL lore if that second round pick was DK Metcalf. Like, imagine if you turn Josh Rosen into Kyler Murray and DK Metcalf or Terry yeah, McLaurin like, or Deontay. Just, this morning, man. These but you this brought it up. Week. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You brought it up. We yell about in the sports office every time DK Metcalf comes on the TV. I like cringe a little bit. I'm like, oh, we were worried about him staying healthy. Oh, yeah. So take a talented player. So let's. So to your point, and and I want to bring that up because Bo's question about gauging talent at that position. What position do you trust Steve Keim gauging talent? Unless it's the number one overall pick and a no brainer with who you hired as head coach. Like you said, he needs to take a good player at 16. I agree. And when you look at 16, you have the Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Rashawn Slater's probably not going to drop that far. Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertain, probably not going to drop that far. So you're looking at an edge rusher, Rousseau, Quiddy Pay, somebody like that, which you just signed J.J. Watt. 
So you could you could bolster that linebacking core, the pass rush, and having that be the absolute strength of this team, which at this point I'm cool with. You need you need something that other teams fear. And that pass rush would be something other teams fear. But are you looking at a good player like it would be offensive line and hope that you can just drill it at 16 and have it work? Because, I mean, there's a lot of difference between drafting 16, Bo, and not um, taking a wide receiver in the third round hoping it works out. Obviously, it's a lot different when you're drafting from a blue-chip position. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I look at that. So it's interesting you bring up picking an outside rusher. Um, because I, we were just talking about in the office the other day, you know, Chandler Jones, is not a spring chicken anymore, as my mom always likes to say. Mm-hmm. So at some point you have to start looking ahead to the future and like seeing what that position is going to hold at some point. So like, if you could find, if you could take a flyer on a linebacker who you think is very talented late in the first round, and he can be a guy that can, you can help build this defense around. Then you got two young linebackers. Um, they want to play Isaiah Simmons in the middle, I think still. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. So uh, you have Isaiah Simmons and another guy that you could, you know, as Watt gets older, as Chandler Jones gets older, guys that you know will be pillars on this defense for years to come. And Steve Kime did mention that he's got to look to the future. So if he's looking to the future and there's a solid outside linebacker there, I, I won't, you know, hate on them for doing that because uh, especially if he's talented and can, and can make an impact and is a guy they can rotate in. I don't think they're going to bring back Hassan Reddick now just because of the fact that I don't think the money's going to line up anymore. I think Hassan is going to be able to get some decent money on the open market. So unless they can get him now on like that, that discount of what he should have been paid if they would have picked up his option to begin with, um, I don't think he's coming back. So if you could fill that spot with a young linebacker who's got a motor and can get after the quarterback, I got no problem with that whatsoever. Um, the the tackle for the Bucks, Tristan Worfs, uh, last year, he went late in the first round. He was a guy that fell. So you could take a tackle like him that drops that had top talent and all of a sudden is there midway through the first round. I'm not, I'm not going to – you know, I think that's a great call. I think at some point – I still believe this. They're going to release Justin Pugh. I don't have any information. I don't know anything. I just think when you look at the salary cap and how much money they need to spend and how much money they got, somebody's going to be on the chopping block. Some big name is going to be cut, um, and I think it's going to be him. So they're probably going to need a left guard. Um, The way people are talking about Mason Cole these days and how he played last year, you could be cutting a center and signing a veteran center at some point. So if there's an offensive lineman there that fits for this old line, I think that's a good selection, but I'm not going to be mad at them at taking somebody who gets after the quarterback. This, this defense has gotten better and better under Vance Joseph. I know, I know fans like to always bring up the fact mm-hmm. that maybe if a defense has a bad game, Vance Joseph should be fired. But the fact is this defense has gotten better and better uh, every year, and they and they played really well at times. And so um, to have guys get after the quarterback, especially in this division, you can never have too many of those. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm I'm pounding the table for a guy like Alex Mack to come over from the Atlanta Falcons on a like, we're looking at you know team friendly deals, and you're looking at the predictions as far as what free agents could sign for. I want to get into the conversation since it's the first time we've talked to you about what impact you think JJ Watt can make for this defense because I've been watching the tape the last couple of days, and the guy he just still seems like he's got that motor. And he can impact each and every down. And it's something that this defense hasn't seen, you know, outside of Chandler Jones for the last couple of seasons. Bo, I thought I heard you say this the other day. I thought it was a great point since Calais Campbell. I mean, that's what that's yeah. what came to mind, um, like right away as soon as they signed J.J. Watt. Like they've been missing that guy in the middle. Nothing against Corey Peters, Frosty Rucker, 
all good bodies in the middle. Rodney Gunter is another one. You know, the young guys they drafted last year, and Rashad Lawrence, Lecky Fotu. I think those two guys would be solid defensive linemen for years to come. Uh, Jordan Phillips, too, as well. I, I, we're still waiting to see if he can recreate that year um, he had before coming to the Cardinals. But, like, J.J. Watt. Like, he's still – he's one of those guys that I look at like a Calais Campbell. Like, those guys just change the game. And I went back the other day and just watched old tape of Calais Campbell and some of the plays he made in the middle. Um, so you had guys coming off the edge, and, and Calais would figure out a way to make an impact on the line. Cardinals don't play many defensive linemen. Most of the time they only got two in the game. Very rarely do they actually have three in the game. So one of those defensive linemen really has to make an impact when they're on the front line. And Calais Campbell always seemed to be in the backfield doing something that would just change the game on the line. And they just haven't had that guy since then. And so when you sign a guy like J.J. Watt, one of the best pass rushers ever to play this game, that's never a bad thing to have one of the best ever on your team, first of all. So you won't sign anyone who's the top to one of the top to ever do it. Great. Bring them all here as far as I'm concerned. But then when you look at the tape of J.J. Watt, as I was talking with more people who I know in Houston, I didn't realize this. He played 1,000 snaps last year, one of two defensive linemen uh, in the league to do that. That's crazy. Not bad for a guy who's been known to say if healthy. I mean, most of his career at times. Played all 16 games last year, so obviously he figured out a way to stay healthy. Hopefully he can recreate that here. But then when you look at the game tape, like teams ran away from him. They double-teamed it. He was the most double-teamed defensive lineman last year. And the biggest thing I saw, um, Seth Payne, who used to play for the Texans, was a defensive lineman, put out this great video of him against the Tennessee Titans. And Derrick Henry, Henry, everybody knows who Derrick Henry is, literally did not run one play towards him. It was every play was to the opposite side. J.J. Watt was just standing there like, all right, I'll hold down the back end just to make sure, you know, you don't come this way. But Derrick Henry ran away from every time. I don't think Mike Vrabel of the Titans drew, drew up one running play towards J.J. Watt. Now think about that. So if you're running away from J.J. Watt, you're, that means you're running towards Chandler Jones and probably the strong side of the field. Good luck to other teams picking their poison when it comes to that. That just shows me that he's still that impactful player and that he can definitely make a difference uh, on this defense right away when he comes in. I mean, teams are either going to have to run at Chandler Jones or they have to run at J.J. Watt or they're going to have to double-team Chandler or double-team J.J. If they double-team J.J., Chandler Jones is still quick and has got all these moves in his arsenal uh, that can get around the edge very quickly and get after quarterback. So I I think it will be a big impact. Uh, fell right away from this defense. Damn it! I got Eye of the Tiger playing in my ear now, man. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna start playing that to wake up in the morning. Jesus, Alex Fancy, Bo Brock, Locked On Cardinals, Cameron Cox, NBC 12 here in Phoenix Sports Anchor. Uh, coming up next, there's a couple of things that Bo and I have talked about in the last day or so that I want to pick Cam's brain on. One of which we talked about in the first segment. Is J.J. Watt's talent enough to truly elevate this team to get a couple more wins than they got last year? I mean, obviously, his history, his pedigree, uh, his respect, is that going to translate to wins? And number two, is it important for the Arizona Cardinals to audition for free agents to show that their culture is slowly changing? Both of those things next with Cam Cox from NBC 12. Alex Clancy, Ballbrook, Locked on Cardinals. We'll be right back. But first, I'm not even going to ask Cam because I don't want um, – to feel even worse about myself than I already do. Bo and I, neither of us know anything about cars, and that's why we use rockauto.com. So let me let me paint a picture for you. You go to rockauto.com, 
All you have to do is search the parts that you want. The prices are the same for professionals and for do-it-yourselfers. You don't have to go to chain storefront and say, hey, man, uh, where's this piece? I don't know how to move this vehicle except for you know the gas and brake uh, pedals. Um, you don't have to worry about the awkwardness, anything like that. Reliably low prices. It's a family-owned business. They've been around for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com. Use the promo code Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, final segment here, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo, Brock, Cam Cox from Channel 12 here. Um, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, guys. You got some ties me. behind you. How many ties, how many ties do you have? Uh, probably over 100. Damn. You can never oh. have too you can never have too many ties. So if you ever need one, come on down to the office. I it, got I got plenty. Reminds me of the league episode when uh Taco was selling ties. <laughs> okay, so a uh, couple things we about never had jobs that require ties. Yeah. That's our problem. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, hey, if you ever need one, I got you. I got uh, you I'll be sure to I'll be sure to be sure to hit you up. So JJ Watt coming to the valley, fantastic for culture, fantastic for media buzz, fantastic for potential free agents just because He's J.J. Watt, and, you know, obviously you don't have to say anything else besides that, but will it translate to victories? And you guys both talked about, I watched some tape on J.J. Watt uh, recently, and, yeah, I mean, he's got some juice left, obviously. Uh, he's had the injury concerns you both mentioned, played over 1,000 snaps last year. Does he have enough, specifically him and what he'll add to the defense, not even talking about free agents, what he could potentially bring in? to really elevate this team to what probably could have been a 10 or 11 win team last year if they took care of business to that level this year? Or is a lot of this just really pomp and circumstance, even though we don't really want to talk about it because it's still so new and so exciting, will it translate to an elevation of wins next season? You mean, will it replace all the yuckiness that happened at the end of last year? It was year? yucky will for it, sure. Will it, will it make you forget that like, Cliff Kingsbury committed so many fireable offenses at the end of last year that maybe he could have lost his job. Is that you're asking me, will it make me forget about all that? Um, will bring a JJ result to wins. I think it's worth maybe another win in the books just because of what he brings to the table. He makes the Cardinals somewhat serious across the league. Like when a guy like JJ Watt wants to come to your team and trust the quarterback, trust the head coach, like to me, that carries some weight around the league and, Hopefully we'll see it here coming up, but I, I think it will let other free agents know that what the Cardinals are building here is, is serious and that they believe that this team can contend. I asked J.J. Watt point blank if him signing here believes this team can win a Super Bowl, and he told me yes. That's what he told me. How much I believe him, I think that's to be determined, but that's what he believes. So um, I think that's interesting per se, but I think this team still has a lot of work to do as far as taking that next step. There were times last year where they were just missing some elements, especially leadership uh, at times, from the head coach on down, where you just thought somebody could get in this team and really get in their ear and like get them to focus up and 
take advantage of opportunities, constant opportunities that they had at the end of last year and just blew it. So can a guy like J.J. Watt do that? We'll see. I, I will tell you this. From people that I've talked to in Houston, he's not the rah-rah leader type, but he is someone that goes hard literally all the time. So if you're in practice and you're an offensive lineman, you're going against J.J. Watt and you're like, it's a bad day or you're not going 90, 100%, like he'll put you on your butt because he's that good and he goes hard every play, just like Larry does. Larry catches everything in practice. I don't think a ball ever hits the ground. So, like, if you're another receiver who's dropping things throughout the day, you're going to stand out because Larry catches everything. So he's just another one of those guys that can bring that leadership, that can bring that effort all the time that I think was missing at times with this team last year. Uh, but as far as what will result to more winning, that's going to fall on Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. So I don't want fans to get that twisted. This team is going to succeed. If Cliff Kingsbury can grow as a head coach and if Kyler Murray can grow as a quarterback, I don't care who they have everywhere else. It starts with those two. It's going to end with those two. If Cliff can't be better in situational football, um, then we're going to be in trouble. If Kyler can't be better in situational football, then the Cardinals are going to be in trouble. That's the key moving forward. So I want fans to remember that. It's great that they signed J.J. They're going to add some other talent around him, but it's going to come down to Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Cam Cox, 12 News, joins us here on the Lockdown Cardinals podcast. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, part of the Tegna family. It's our, it's your first time here joining us, and we want to pack everything in, but that would be like a two-hour podcast, and nobody's going to hang around for that. This is not <laughs> yeah. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Let me ask you this before we let you go. I, Alex and I are big – we're firm believers that this move puts the pressure on Patrick Peterson to kind of figure out what's important to him. Is it yeah. going to be his Cardinals legacy – or is it going to be securing the bag one last time, getting that, that last big deal at this stage in his career? What do you think Pat Pete's future is? Is it with the Cardinals? I think it's it's crazy. So if you would have asked me a couple of years ago when Pat was demanding a trade, right. um, I probably would have told you, no, it's not. I mean, he's he's always said the right things as far as he wants to be here. You know, we've always heard that from Pat. A couple of years ago when he was upset and there just seemed to be one bad thing after another, you were like, okay, maybe this guy really doesn't want to be here. The vibe, though, I've gotten from Patrick Peterson um, lately. We got a chance to actually get face-to-face with him uh, right before the Phoenix Open. You know, we haven't been around these guys all year. We've been on Zoom, which is weird, and, you know, you can't really have a conversation over Zoom and you know, they, everybody gets asked one question, that's it. And so it's, it was, you, you couldn't really talk to guys and like get to sense how they're feeling. What I got the vibe from Pat is that, that is, it, it is important for him to be here in Arizona. He likes it here in Arizona. He, I, I feel like he would like to finish his career here in Arizona. Uh, but I also think, I mean, just like anyone else, he wants to make some money and he wants to make one last big payday. Now, whether those two line up, he, he did tell me something interesting. He believes Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell will make it right. And he used those exact words, make it right. I hope that they can find some middle ground because I do know the Cardinals want him back. I do know he wants to be here. I don't think they can pay him elite top cornerback money, but I still think he's worth possibly around $10 million. And I say that because you're just Mm -hmm. not going to go out on the market and find cornerbacks with the skill level Patrick Peterson has. Sure, he's not the same cornerback he was two years ago, and he, he might not be at the top, 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 the number one guy, but he's still a good cornerback. And you just can't find those off the streets or in the draft. The Cardinals have tried. They've tried to find Patrick Peterson a tag team partner since Gerard Powers left. It just hasn't worked out whatsoever. 
Um, so I, I just think they got to figure out a way to make sure that Patrick Peterson comes back. He's an important piece on that defense. Get him on a two-year deal, kind of like Watt is, and then you're seeing what this defense can do, what this team can do in these next couple of years, because that's kind of the window, at least I'm seeing. You have J.J. Watt on this two-year deal. Um, I think that's the window they're all looking at and to figure out if this team can do something this year or the following year after that. So I hope they figure out a way uh, to bring Patrick Peterson back because it's just hard to find, especially cornerbacks. I mean, they're in a tough position as it is. seems like, uh, you know, the refs are all about offense these days. So it's tough to play quarterback in this league. So I hope they figure out a way to bring Patrick Peterson back. I don't think he's going to take a hometown, hometown discount, but I do think he's going to take a little bit one. And I think they'll figure out a way to make that contract work. Now the question is how much money is left over for Larry? Because I'll tell you this, love Larry to death. I hope he comes back. I think he needs to come back. I don't want to see him go out the way he finished at the end of the year. Um, but they can't pay him $11 million. Yeah. They just, it's just not, it's not going to happen. So what's his number? I have no idea, but it's 11 million is not it. You know, we invite you on here. We're being nice. You just defame Brandon Williams like that as a cornerback too for Patrick Peterson. Come on, dude. He didn't play any corner in college. You got to give him credit for that. So anyways, I, <laughs> I, I Brandon, agree with Brandon you. Brandon Williams once sat next to my family. I, you know, Brandon Williams is one of my favorite dudes because he sat next to my family one time on a plane back to Arizona. He talks to them the entire time. My family likes to talk a lot, so I can't thank him enough for entertaining my loud family. I'm sure he just wanted to sit there and enjoy his plane ride and was like, man, these people keep talking to me. But guess what? He talked to them the entire way there. Former Texas A&M Aggie. My family's from Houston. So I, Brandon Williams, I can't thank him enough. I don't care what he does ever on the field ever again. But just for entertaining my family on that flight, my mom is forever a fan of Brandon Williams. So I nice backtrack. That. Nice backtrack there, Cam. Uh, Cameron Cox, NBC 12 News, tagging the family, locked on family, one family. Now, really appreciate you taking some time, man. We'll do this down the road. Sounds good, guys. Thanks again. That was awesome. 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 I, like his, he, I, what I like about Cam is he's 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 aligned with our the way that we attack and approach. Yeah, he doesn't sugarcoat things. Yeah, he doesn't sugarcoat things. Yeah. It's unbiased. Uh, you know, he, he obviously has players he likes to talk to, but at the same time, he's just not gonna just because he likes somebody, he's not gonna pull any punches. It's it was uh that that was very welcoming to see. I uh, can't wait to talk to Cameron down the road here on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've gone about 15 minutes over. That's how we roll. When we have people we want to talk yeah. to, you're going to get bonus stuff like this where I'm not – there's no way we're cutting this interview and podcast early just because for time for this, something like this. Alex Clancy, Bulbrug, Locked on Cardinals. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation. There's so many storylines. We'll dig deeper into what Steve Kime said a little bit tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, a lot of storylines, a lot of question marks, and it's going to be fun to talk about. And we are happy that you are along for the ride with us. Alex Clancy, Bobrock, Locked on Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow. That was killer. Yeah, that was great, man. I didn't know. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.